friends to be here. All right, so here is a conversation we haven't done in a couple of weeks. Um, this is number 10. Number 10 of our out of all of this time so it's taken us i don't know maybe 15 weeks to do 10 podcasts which i think is pretty good um pretty good uh record so far with life happening and sometimes we're just not able to connect on a friday afternoon but we record these on a friday afternoon um bob from bob's house and living room or in his office and me from my office at the church but today i'm outside um, outside in a Adirondack chair um, and feeling pretty good um, out in this weather. I think it's about 80, 83 degrees in Tulsa today. No wind, just a gentle breeze, sunny, blue skies. So we might hear some interference today with me being outside, perhaps a loud motorcycle or a, an ambulance or a dog barking or some people coming out to join me. Um, and so bear with us on, on some of that sound. But today, I think we have a beautiful conversation to unfold uh, between Bob and I. And I'm especially excited to be in this conversation with Bob today because I haven't seen Bob in two weeks. And that's unusual. I usually see him uh, more frequently than that. But Bob and Kelly have been um, supporting and having one of the best weeks of their life uh, or at least of Bob's life, of supporting Kelly's dad and um, just really living into the uncertainty of what it means to be a caregiver and to actually live in somebody else's space for, for days on end. And um, so we're getting Bob kind of fresh from that experience and also having worked on his truck and on my truck, for which I am Ah, beyond words that um, that that is happening. I'm just so grateful to be in this space with you today, Bob. And more than anything, I want this to fill us up, to enhance our friendship, to strengthen the warmth of connection that we feel for one another, and to hopefully inspire, encourage, and comfort even people who are listening. So selfishly, I push the, I, I'm on this call because I need some time with Bob and I just happened to push the record button. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so let's go. I was reminded of a scripture that was so common, common growing up word of faith. We said it, I mean, nearly every time anybody came to minister, it was just the, it was just off the tip of our tongue. And over the last decade or so or more of moving in different waters, we rarely hear this scripture. And just so everybody knows, I have not prepped Bob on what we're getting ready to talk about. And, um, he has no idea what I'm going to say. So this is going to be fun. And he's willing. I should let you know, I'm not just pushing him off the edge of the pool. Um, <laughs> this is not a sneak attack. <laughs> and strangely, it was brought to my attention today. And I had to actually ask 
where it was in the Bible. I have not heard this scripture for so long. And it was once one of those that was like, okay, let's go to Romans 10, 17. Here's what we're going <laughs> to. Do you know what Romans 10, 17 is? Because it's been so long that I had to Google it to see where it was. And that's not like me. I used to be able to flip to everything, you know, just, it was just at my fingertips, right? Do you know what Romans 10, 17 is, Bob? I know it's that 1017 is definitely one that I know that I used to used to know. If you give me the first, what is the first two words? <laughs> give me the first two words of anything and I can tell you what I can tell you the rest of the verse. But Oh, it's, it's, fa it's fascinating. Now, faith comes. Oh, I hear it here by the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we used to say that, like, now I lay me down to sleep. I mean, that was just like, and, you know, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or hearing by the, the rhema, the, the rhema, the spoken word of God. And that hearing word, I went ahead and did a little bit of, of searching in the interlinear in Bible hub and looked at the words there. And of course, faith is pistis in Greek and, um, it is that inner working of and like an influence of God that faith comes from a present tense hearing, a present tense hearing of the rhema, the spoken word of God. And I was excited by it because the person who was speaking to me said, notice that it's not past tense. The faith, faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith doesn't come by having heard the word of God or having read the word of God. But faith comes or that inner working of the Holy Spirit, that feeling of like God is with you, maybe is a way to say it. I mean, we used to be <laughs> back in word of faith days, they'd say faith was something totally different. But I think I'm describing it a little different today, like that way of believing and perceiving that doesn't need factual evidence that doesn't need to be supported by data that doesn't need to run the scenarios of the risk uh, versus reward it doesn't rely on present circumstances it doesn't rely on even how you feel but faith that inner working of god's power that belief, that understanding and knowing comes by the present tense spoken word of God. And, and I think what mattered to me about that, Bob, is that we, <laughs> every time we're talking with people, there's always this kind of underlying notion I've already heard that. Like, I already know that. I already know that. I, I already know whatever it is you're going to say, unless it's like, I don't know how to change wiper blade motors or something. Um, I mean, maybe I didn't know how to change wiper blade motors and brakes and stuff like you sent me the other day. So that was news to me. But generally, um, generally, 
generally at like 45 years old, you kind of heard a lot. Like, I know God loves me. I know I'm going to be okay. I know, you know, but until it's made real again in a moment, especially when facing a circumstance that feels overwhelming, it can be, be very helpful for a brother or a sister, a sibling in Christ to remind you of who God is for you in this moment and remind you of who you are in God at the moment. And I know it has been especially helpful for me um, walking this week through um, a lot of caregiving myself with, with my wife and surgery and, and all the things it's been helpful to be reminded the strength that I have, the grace that I have in Christ. And it's when a rhema word or a, and please, everybody that's living in this region, rhema word does not mean the rhema institution that lives on Kenosha Street in Broken Arrow. <laughs> he, he got that from the Greek. It's the rhema word, like the very present word of God being spoken that may, that is alive to you again. And that's why we say when we gather, we remember who we are and whose we are because to remember in the biblical sense means to be, to be, to make alive again in this present moment, what was once a reality when you remember something and have a memory of something, your brain doesn't know the difference between it actually happened in the present or you're just remembering it. And so I see you looking on your phone. I see you kind of scrolling and looking at some things. So I'm curious what you're thinking and just how that's hitting you. Because I think the comfort came from me is I was feeling empty. And when she said faith comes by the right now, hearing the word of Christ, hearing the word of God, that's what, causes you to have that grace that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can have, I can have the faith of God or I can rely on God's faith for me. Um, chime in with me. What are you thinking? Did that take you back down memory lane to <laughs> talk about Romans 10, 17? Yes. Um, so it's really interesting um, because I have actually been thinking about this verse um, because of listening to a message that when I when I had your other car a month or so ago, and the tape you had in there, uh, a CD, I should say. <laughs> um, and it was a message that was sort of a, Primer going over, going back to the basics of, of faith, specifically the word of faith type message. And so that verse, Romans 10, 17, was, was used many times as that is a central one. The interesting thing is, and, and it's, uh, so a part of me is ready to speak about this and another part is hugely not. Because I actually have something that has been rolling around in me for 
years, and I have yet to look deeply at this verse, chapter 10, um, because there's so many things that we have taken for granted, and we've taken and lifted certain scriptures out over the years. And when I say we, I mean people with that are teachers in especially non-denominational churches for the last, say, 60, 80 years, that when you go back and actually look at them, they don't mean anything of what these people it, think they it, mean. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's so completely out of context. Right. This is one of those. Uh, um, uh, yes. Because <laughs> he's talking about... That, that I don't even think that I even shared with you um whatever you just did there with your thumb is way better for the volume so yes okay right there so um and so if i even started to tell people what i'm thinking i guess i could do this i could say this is like what happens to me sometimes and it doesn't always end up with some completely new different way of seeing a scripture like in Genesis, where I've seen something that is like, I can't find a single other person on the planet that right. that concurs with me. Um, but this one is another one where I've never heard anybody say what I'm about to say. It, but know this, that what I'm saying, I'm not saying as thus saith Bob or God or the Bible or anything. It's just the kind of thought that sometimes drops into me. And then I go and read the Greek and and with this new glasses on that have a different tint and it sort of highlights a different set of words. And you suddenly go, could Paul have been saying this? And in, and so one of the things I think that he may be doing here, and it's going to make a lot of people mad <laughs> because it goes so against the evangelistic mode that the church has been in okay well wait but before you say that can i guess what you might be ready to say just because it sounds fun yes. to me because if you're if you're in the context of like word of faith or evangel evangelism one might think that in order to receive the gospel or receive salvation, one must hear the good news of the gospel of the Christ and then be in a position to receive it because anybody that knows their Bible knows that Romans 10 is the Romans road, right? The Romans right. road to salvation that that is every Baptist knows that. And, and every word of faith person knows that for if, if you want to be saved, you have to first believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is, you know, Lord, and you'll be saved. And that is just a few verses up in Romans 10. And so they've taken this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God to be directly correlated to that experience of like a born again experience, a salvation experience. But what I think you might be ready to say, what I, th what I think you might <laughs> is actually the scripture in context, which in what Paul is doing in this whole letter is... I'm going to take a leap and I could be totally wrong, but because um, I haven't immersed myself in the chapters of this, of this book, I just was excited about like 
the reception of a now word, like a present word of God, like encouraging and exhorting like me and my individual faith and devotion. So I wasn't really thinking on the macro level scholarly or like contextually. I was just like, oh yeah, that verse exists. Oh yeah, good. I'm going to use my own little pet uh, interpretation of what that means because I think there is a place to not only stay in the contextual of the text, but to also allow it to transcend time and to speak to us in our present day, in a devotional way, in our relationship with God. So I think to do it justice, they both have to come to bear. Reading the text of the Bible only historically is, is a fascinating pursuit that many have given their lives to. And it's why we have institutions to, to, to give us degrees that, hey, I know how to read this text historically. But to read it spiritually and devotionally is also a gift, is also where a gifted person who can take and translate something and bring it off the page and allow the spirit to give it life. I think that there's place for that. So I was in the spirit giving it life thing when I heard it today and go, oh, right. I need somebody to remind me who I am in this moment. But I think where you might be going is that simply the faith that I think Paul was talking about in those chapters preceding it was about what was happening in the invisible realm, what was happening in the other realm and what had happened with Jesus. And the faith as we know of Jesus is what is really the salvation of humanity. And I, I mean, it's the same kind of scripture uh, help. I, some of these are coming back to me. Like we walk by faith and not by sight. That's another one that really couples with that one. And modern day people would like to, you know, modern day evangelicals will say, I'm not going to look at my circumstances. I'm going to look at what God's word, you know, says about the circumstances. But really what Paul was talking about was what was happening in the invisible invisible realm versus what right. was happening here. So I think that's where you're probably going to go is just like the difference between what we can see and what we can't see and not relating to salvation. So tell me how wrong I am because I feel like I'm really No, wrong. no, that, but all that was great because um, <clears throat> all that was so true. No, it's actually going back just a few verses where he's talking about how can someone hear unless someone go and tell them and how can someone tell them unless someone send them. And but and so that's this whole thing where it's like we all go. So evangelists, the, the role of an evangelist is critical and not that anyone can evangelize, meaning anyone can be one who shares the message of Christ and that person, that be the method that God uses for that person to awaken them, open their spiritual eyes, and, and the gift, the grace of their understanding the gospel, which is, that is what one of the things Paul makes clear, is that even being able to understand the gospel is itself a gift. And that's why he said, nobody can boast about this. Um, because the very fact that even if you do believe, 
you didn't believe. God gave you the ability to believe. Right. So you, lest anyone boast, Paul said. Um, but what I was actually alluding to is even weirder oh, in that awesome. I believe that Paul, what he was doing in earlier verses here, he was actually showing that that's not the way that it works. God didn't, the, the method of the gospel isn't what the church has been preaching, that it takes an evangelist to go out and preach to somebody because how else would they know unless someone goes and preaches and so somebody has to send them and he's he's actually showing that's that's not a very wise um way and a and a very secure way to do anything if it all rests upon people going out and giving a message what he says actually happens is god speaks to certain people god awakens certain people and and again i actually in this sense the word ramadi disagree to a, a level with what the word of faith preachers have primarily said about Ramadi, its place in the Greek language is, um, is important. Um, and what it is, so many words are translated word in the, in the new Testament, but Ramadi is, is, um, a very specific type of word in that Ramadi means something that is literally spoken, that you literally hear, as opposed to, like someone said, well, the word of God says, we know they mean the written scriptures. Right, right. Whenever right. it's speaking of Ramadi, is never speaking about the written scriptures. I, that's fascinating to me because you're talking about Ramadi and I'm saying Rama. We're talking about, I think, the same it's just, thing. It, it, well, Ramadi is just the form that it, it takes here, because Rama is the, the root word. And then the Greek is weird. It puts all these different suffixes and, and, and et, you know, beginnings, prefixes and suffixes. And those just all clarify to let you know who it is that's speaking or whose who's, uh, word it is. Or is it one that you're hearing that someone else is speaking? Or is it one that you're speaking? And so Ramadi here, it's the Ramadi of, of Christ. Is That's actually what it says. See, it says the word of God. Well, no, it's actually, specifically, it says the, the Ramadi of Christ. So it's Christ's speaking voice that that's causes crazy. us to hear. That That's so that's amazing. Actually what I mean, it, it would actually indicate for me that there is still a speaking christ absolutely so the words of mary <laughs> right. and so many others whatever he says to do do that that's when god works in your life when whatever jesus is because see then we're doing just like jesus jesus said i don't ever do anything except i hear the father see the the ramadi of the of god Jesus responded to the spoken word of the Father because he was always listening for it. It was just he was just one with it. He and the Father, the Father was constantly speaking. That's what Jesus said. He said, Father, I'm so grateful that you're always speaking to me. And again, in the Greek, it means constantly without ceasing speaking. And it's Ramadi, meaning you are speaking. You I you words I hear. So Do you we think that learn. was because do you think that he had some like special trans? that was like allowing him to hear that or are we talking about 
are you suggesting that it was because of Jesus's like prayer life or his in tunement with his like his I mean was he just born special and he just walked around and heard God's voice or was well, he like making yes, space for that in yes like physical yes. practice like spiritual <laughs> he definitely practice definitely was born special because it says he's the only the only human who was ever born completely aware of the spirit and connected to the spirit of God. That's part of the uniqueness of Jesus's manifestation as the God man that Adam, again, it, from my perspective, the way that I see it, Adam made the rule. He made it the way of humanity that we live, not able to recognize the activity of God when he chose not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with the tree of life mm. that what it is what its source what it means that he was always remembering and whenever he ate whenever he looked whatever he saw whatever he tasted whatever he smelled whatever he heard that it was all a love message from the father that's that's what the message to me that it was is was been hidden all this time that i'm seeing so clearly that that's what genesis 2 when you eat from the the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil do so don't do it apart from and again the minime is the hebrew word and the apart from it would be well what apart from what well, again, just a few verses before it said in the midst of the garden, in the core of it, he planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil tree of life. It's one tree. So when he said, if he says the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and, le and then says, but don't eat from it apart from, well, of course, it would be apart from the rest of the tree, the tree of the knowledge of, of the tree of life. So Jesus and Jesus is the tree of life. And so what 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 then that set up was that every offspring, Cain, Abel, all the way down to us, um, well, all the way down to at least in Jesus's time, everyone was born with zero ability to clearly perceive of the spirit realm, the invisible realm. And that's why even Paul said that the prophets, there were God sent some and the spirit came upon them so that they could get little glimpses so that they could they could start spitting out some of these messages, little bits and pieces from the Father. That's what a prophet is, is someone who speaks on behalf of God. And so they were giving these little bits and pieces of messages, and yet even everything they said, we come to find out, wasn't always accurate. Because like when the the prophet said, "Call down fire," and everybody says, "See, God is a God who calls down fire." So then the disciples are leaving the town where that had happened in the past. And they're like, hey, wait, this is that same town where Elijah called down the fire and they rejected him. Well, they're rejecting the Messiah. So surely we should call down fire. And Jesus stomped, it says in the Greek, it has this, this feeling of he, he turns on his heel and stomps the ground and snorts and says, stop speaking that. You don't know what spirit you're speaking from. That is not, that is not, Ramadi of God. That's not the word of God. That was you're speaking a a dimly 
a a one some of the words of one of the thieves and liars because the prophets were included when jesus said everyone who came before me was a thief and a liar well that includes the prophets not that everything they said is a lie but that what we cannot take what they said at face value without running it through the litmus test of how does that line up with what jesus said okay because so, again in the transfiguration I want to take you right back yeah. i i definitely want to take you right back to romans 10 17 so yes like thanks for that loop around the garden because yep. it yep. would not be a good conversation with you without going there to it'll <laughs> <laughs> be there somewhere <laughs> however i'm really curious What's your weird so interpretation? Here, the Ramadi ten seventeen. What he's saying is, it's not that other people come. It doesn't. It doesn't even require. There's many stories I've heard over the century, over the centuries, over (laughs) (laughs) the decades of my life. It's almost. It's it's over a half century now. Are you a Um, vampire? But in the decades of my life, I've heard so many stories of people who came to a knowledge of the gospel and nobody told them that yeah. what it was god told them directly okay. i mean i have i've heard and i've heard personal testimonies of people who that's happened to well then that doesn't line up with how may they hear unless someone tells them see paul right. that's why i think paul was saying that's that's not how god did it that that would be a weak way to do it god is god is not limited to for someone to to receive the gospel if he's chosen in this life that he wants a certain person to be one of the first awakened because again that'd be a whole nother topic but it's when you see all the way that god the 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 higher way the metanoia of the thinking of god it's 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 so different than what we've been taught and when you can see the whole big picture and see all and, and put your head then in god's head and see how he really made it he doesn't even have to have evangelists to to bring someone in. According to this verse, 1017, it's the Ramadi of Jesus that that awakens one. So God and I know people that that's happened to. They had they lived in non-Christian environment, no Christians in their home, and in the middle of the night, Jesus was sat was in their room. They didn't even know who Jesus was mm. until he said and they were like they were just terrified kind of like Paul, who are you? And this, and, and Jesus said, I'm Jesus, and I'm here to tell you about me, because I've called you to be in my kingdom at this point in your life. I mean, uh, case in point, Paul's Damascus Road experience was not, I mean, he didn't receive that revelation because somebody spoke, you know. Other than the voice of Jesus. The voice of Christ. The Ramadi of Christ. That's what he heard, and that's what suddenly opened his his spiritual eyes and so and is christ speaking i mean do. is christ actually speaking to humanity to like the billions of people on the planet like is that happening so from the other realm so here's the thing and again this gets us into it, it gets kind of you got to let me know what you want me to talk about today because this gets into my understanding of how the universal salvation of all works, that it's it's the timing of it, that many, the vast majority of people 
all are going are have been redeemed all have been justified and all will come to a full knowledge of their of a salvation it's just only a small percentage what the bible calls what paul calls the ecclesia what what is translated the church the that in 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 my translation i call them the first adopters the or in other places the first awakened they were just the we're just the first ones that god chose to wake up and say i want you to see what i've done but the vast majority of people are going to find out about it after they die but do you think that romans 10 17 is talking about faith in the gospel or or like do you think it's talking about that yes and can it be talking about someone's personal circumstance in today so the the whole point of what he's talking about when uh, like here in, in in the mirror so this faith is sourced in a discerning hearing the kind of hearing that recognizes the authentic unveiling of christ as the fountainhead of faith so that's how francois translated it but he so it, it's what's what's what he's pointing to is this kind this faith that we're discussing well what is that faith that we're discussing? It seems that it is that that's what the point of, of what, and that's why, again, I really need to, I have not deeply studied this because it's so, so much for me to untangle. Um, but I believe it is, again, one of the primary things is salvation. But again, what, when I say that, <laughs> you have to understand, I don't see salvation as a, point in time boom you suddenly are saved that's what happened redemption was a boom at one point in history when jesus dies on the cross and is resurrected all mankind are redeemed all are justified but sanctification um what uh which <clears throat> is is a word or or salvation the greek word sozo that paul usually uses that's accessing what has happened that you can be you can have been walking with jesus for 50 years starting when you were 10 years old and you can stop walking in salvation because you just stop listening to the the ramadi of christ or the father and so you're then you're no longer in what receiving the word of God, the, the literal wisdom of God for the moment, and you're not then walking in salvation. But that has zero to do with your eternal destination. Absolutely. They're not tied together. That's Absolutely. the point. Yeah. That's the thing that people confuse. They think, and so this whole once saved, always saved. No. I mean, once redeemed, always redeemed. Absolutely. But salvation and redemption are two solely different things. No, your redemption is your identity. Yeah, redemption is your identity as a human person in this day and time. That is your your identity. But your salvation is whether or not you are receiving yes. and your practicing. Salvation is simply, if you look at this and you look at everywhere where Paul uses the word sozo, um, so whether or not is. you're actually engaged and and in the discipline of being in relationship with love, yes, 
and I want because that. Because any moment you're not walking in relationship with love, with the the the, the love, uh, the agape, which is God Himself. Yeah, that is God is love. So agape is God. But but um, so I just love that so not, much because doesn't it say? Doesn't he say in another spot? So work out your salvation. Right. With fear and trembling. Right. Because so in other words, you need to recognize that this doesn't just it doesn't just happen. You, you, you're you having salvific work in your life isn't something that just falls upon you. No. You there's an onus on you to participate with God and listen to him and find out what his what his will for you is to do. No, on a I love that the, that the word itself has salve in it. And salve is something you have to apply over and over again. Right. And that's what I think I'm trying to come to in the scripture, that it is a present tense experience of hearing Christ for oneself, right. for humanity itself, and experiencing a salvific, a salve, applied to the wound again or applied just generally i mean who doesn't put moisturizer on <laughs> on an occasional basis if not on a daily basis depending on what you're trying to accomplish with your body in the world <laughs> but we we apply these things over and over again and i i think that with spiritual things if we can understand that the physical world mirrors or even parallels the spiritual world that it's not once and done, once redeemed or once saved, always saved. But it's also not, it's not as agonizing in the same way that eating again tonight, even if you ate this morning, is not agonizing. No, exactly. It's, it's just, it, again. Yeah, <laughs> no, in fact, that's the crazy thing. If people understood how beautiful it is being in the presence of the Father, again and again it, you you eventually get to where it's hard to leave the times right. when you're you're so with the father not that you that, and what happens is he's you it when you're spending those 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 times together um you you become one with the father in the sense that you so sense his love his um, pervading goodwill and his hased for all humanity is his um, help me. What's the English word for loving uh, kindness, loving uh. kindness, his loving kindness for people. That is just this, this it, it's, he just wants to serve us. He wants to love us. He wants to, he wants to bathe us. He wants to um, coddle us in, in a good way and apply not, the salve apply the salve on the things that uh, hurt us and that are disturbing us because he's a good and, shepherd and tormenting <laughs> us yes the yeah. same way every which, day he wants to do that at the he wants to be there he wants to be with you first thing in the morning when you awake so that we you can share the joy of, of a new morning with his mercies that are new he wants to be with you throughout the day that you're asking him as things are occurring Ooh, I think this is, I, I'm sensing I would like to do this. Is that, and, and he will many times encourage you. Yes, yes, that's you. That's, that's what I've created you for is to be you in this moment. Do that. And then at the, in the evening to be there to, to, um, 
look for the things that maybe you you had something that that was a little scarring during the day maybe somebody said something to you that was was hurtful and and he's there to remind you and again washing that washing that um that that dirt off of your feet and just saying but that's not who you are you remembered because you're my beloved and so the fact that they don't know who you are and didn't get who you are and, and said those hurtful things you know that doesn't need to affect you because you know you're so he's there in the evening as a shepherd cleaning you cleansing you applying the ointment and so it's this ongoing beautiful thing in fact i just realized there's a book that people we might encourage people to to um, look at that kind of covers a lot of this because this this um, uh, mystic is is how a lot of people know of him who was who died I, I want to say 50 60 years ago um, and he was a very prolific writer and one of the best books he wrote and he had this he had this ongoing relationship with the Lord his whole life he just he was just in it and got it and he understood what salvation this was was what comes from the transformation of us into the image of Christ comes from our spending time with the father. Mm -hmm. And so this guy named A.W. Tozer, he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence. And so that of all of his books, that's my favorite that I read of his. And because it's like the crux, it's this right getting down to the nitty gritty what does that look like? How do we, on an ongoing basis, day-to-day -day basis, <laughs> I, I love, spend time with uh, the as Father? As a teenager, I loved A.W. Tozer, and I just loved all his books. And I think one was called Knowing God. Yes. Um, and I just, you know, loved that so much as a teenager. Anything that had to do with having some kind of connection, and more than that, having an intimate connection with God and the way in which Jesus had a prayer life and was a prayer. And, you know, so many ask today, like, what is the point of even praying? Or what is the point of um, speaking aloud our, our conversation with God? Um, and I would say that it's more for us than it is for God. But then I would probably catch myself and say, actually, our love-driven Father is so interested in relationship with us that probably prayer is just as much for God as it is for us because he love he, we love it's it. It's food <laughs> for him. Yeah. Think, yeah. Of, think of the woman at the well. Think of the woman at the well. And Jesus, that's God spending time with that woman. And when his disciples came, they he was so weary from their their trek before that that the disciples literally, he said, you guys go on ahead. I literally don't have energy to make it. They go get food. He spends time. He spends time with that woman. And by the time they get back, he's like, oh, guys, I had food that you don't even know anything about because you, you don't, you haven't yet experienced it. But, mm -hmm. but time with people knowing who they are and seeing, watching them come alive and seeing that and, and starting to recognize they start to recognize that woman started to recognize that the father loved her is in love with her that and and her awakening to that that it so transformed her that she goes from being somebody who tries to hide in the heat of the day away from the women to run to town and declare come and see a man who told me everything i ever did 
But it was obvious to them, it had to be obvious to those people that somehow she's not guilt ridden mm -hmm. by everything she ever did. This man her didn't make her feel guilty. Her encounter with the divine removed the shame. Exactly. It removed because the shame. Because when it didn't you add leave, to when it, you it didn't him, add you to will it. be like him and you'll know how you have always been loved. That's what happens. And that feeds God. Because when they said, here's the food, he goes, I'm not even hungry anymore. I and the father just ate a wonderful meal. We watched watched one of our one of our children come alive to know that they're loved. And that's what feeds us. That feeds the father. So, no, prayer, time with the father, intimate time where you slow down, you stop everything else, and you just say, Father, I need time with you. Like Jesus had to do that from time to time. Even though he was, you know, obviously he was always with the father, but sometimes it's like the father's like, son, I know you're here to save the world, but I just got to have time with you. And Jesus is the same way. And they'd say, I got to go off to the mountain. You guys go ahead. I'll figure out how to get to the other side. This is even more important than my itineration on how I get a, how I get a boat to the other side. God will make that happen. I have to have time with him. I mean, it, that would other. be that would be like stopping to have time in the chapel at the airport and everybody's like hey they're boarding the plane and and you're so wrapped up in your connection with god that you say just go ahead i'll i'll find another plane you're like no you don't understand it's covid like we've got to go like it's crazy for you to stay behind and i think that those radical experiences and moments that demonstrate the kind of connectedness that I think love has been asking for us. And it's why it touches us to tears. It's why it, it moves the tears. It's why we're so passionate about finding that kernel of warm connection. It's why I've been passionate about it my whole life. And at the end of the day, it is exciting and interesting to discuss theology, but it's more soul moving and heart flooding to have a real connection and experience with love and with God and with God. And that's what we mean by love. I just love this so much and I it's just been so good to see you today and and to be with you and to hear your words and um to know that Christ is still speaking early in my ministry I used to say he's a speaking spirit he's still speaking today and still moving toward us we have such a false notion of a very stoic and stony God that has to be moved by innumerable penetrations to please come toward me, please listen to my prayer, begging and pleading for God to move a little finger so that something might move in favor in our direction. And I think it's exactly opposite. I think we're the ones that are hard to move. We're the ones that are stony and cold. And it's the love driven, like you have, like you've so beautifully written, propitious father, who in his relentless love and pursuit toward us, placed us in Christ 
before we ever had a choice, before we could ever mess it up. In his all brilliant wisdom. I'm grateful for that. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy it and continue to think about it because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, by the spoken word of Christ and hearing with spiritual ears. So let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus until we meet again. God bless you.